T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Attention, terrorists. Hold on. Here's Tara's Daily Rant. Good morning, Lee. Hey, Tara. 41% of American families say their financial position has worsened since President Joe Biden assumed office. That's the worst in 37 years. It's been a while. Yeah. According to a Sunday ABC News Washington Post survey. So, yeah, if it's Washington Post and ABC News, then you can go ahead and assume it's over 50. Yeah. Now, safely, because they wait the way they wait these polls is, is pretty bad. Um, and so when you come in at 41%, I'm shocked it's only 41. Um, that is still the worst result in 37 years. So even the Washington Post and ABC News admits they're not fooling anyone with the state of the economy. But they trotted out Brian Deese, uh, Joe Biden's chief economic advisor, to explain that you are actually better off now than before the pandemic. We had a poll out over the weekend, ABC News, that found that 41% of Americans say they're worse off financially now than before this president took office. How do you explain the disconnect there of why this administration's message about the strong economy is not getting through? Right. So it, it is the case that if you look at the kind of key measures of basic economic security. Uh, do I have health insurance? Do I have $400 in the bank um, in case my car breaks down or I have another emergency expense? Am I um, late or delinquent on a credit card bill? Am I facing foreclosure? If you look at all of those measures, they, um, on average, American households are in a better position than they were before the pandemic hit. Did you note the way that question was phrased? That the administration's um, you know, their, their, their view of the economy, it's not getting through. I beg to differ. It's getting through. It's just not being believed because reality is, is uh, checking in with the American families. And this is the unified message of the Biden administration. Yeah. I mean, they, they trotted out Pete Buttigieg to explain that look, there's just so much good financial news. People can't absorb it. And that's why they don't know they're better off. I was Buttigieg's take. Yeah, who I mean, was obviously a, an expert both on economics and transportation. As when he when he shows up to work at all. Yeah, being a mayor of a town that he couldn't even get the potholes fixed, but anyway. Right, yeah, um, which is a, a rare occasion. Um, meanwhile, Joe Biden, in the second most jaw-dropping statement of his presidency, the first to me is, is still um, when he defended Chairman Xi, rounding up the Uyghurs, throwing yeah. them because of their religion, into cattle cars and using them as human slaves. 
about how you know you just have to fight dissent in China because it never ends well when they have dissent. So you you generally do have to round people up there, uh, Holocaust style, put them on cattle cars and ship them away. And when the satellite images of that show up on CNN, you defend Chairman Xi. Um, that was his first most shocking comment. But this is a this is a close second. Joe Biden Biden rewriting economic history. Lee, even if you don't follow politics or economics or any of it, you just don't care. You know what your basic economics is personally, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you you know that you were better off in the Trump era. At a minimum, you know prices weren't haywire. Joe Biden's new position, I'm still not over this. Joe Biden's new position is that we had, we already had inflation when he took office. And he inherited the inflation. Now, that's shocking because Joe Biden has also told us that Putin caused the inflation. Putin would not invade by invading Ukraine. Putin wouldn't invade Ukraine for a year after after Biden took office. Yeah. So that that's impossible. Either Putin caused the inflation a year after Biden took office by invading Ukraine, or the inflation was already in place when Biden took office. These the, this is a this is the claim he just made. Do you take any blame for inflation? Should you just president? I take any blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here? Jobs were hemorrhaging. Inflation was rising. We weren't manufacturing a damn thing here. We were in real economic difficulty. That's why I don't. Thank you. I think the workers at BMW and Michelin and a few other, uh, like in Boeing and, and Volvo down around North Charleston, I think they would beg to differ with that uh, not a darn thing was being manufactured in this country. They may have a little issue with that. That was a bizarre add-on. Yeah, it was. It's a bizarre a very attitude. Strange. Yeah. We had a manufacturing boom under Trump. So that's his new position. Putin didn't actually do it. Trump did. Um and, and it's just astonishing for a president like in the internet era to say stuff like this. That's so easy to check. I mean, you can go back and Google what the inflation was the month he took office. You can look it up. Anybody can do it. And it was historically low, not high. Trump left us, you know, depending on when you want to call it December or January when he took office, um, you know, or get, went out of office, 1.2 to 1.5% inflation rate. That's historically low. It, it, you know, normal would go all the way up to 1.9 um, inflationary rate. So this whole idea that we had high inflation when he took office, I mean, how is that his, is that the dementia or is that the compulsive lying? I, I don't know which one it is, but it's it's like Axelrod's trying to telegraph. Axelrod's out there saying, hey, listen, you know, maybe we shouldn't talk about how great the economy is in the State of the Union. I mean, he's he's begging the speechwriters for Joe Biden, like, the, the, you know, good economy, maybe not something we should talk about in the State of the Union because it's like grinding glass into people's wounds. What else could they talk about, though? Well, did you hear this? He's going to focus on foreign policy. Oh, boy. Gee, that's. Um, I think that's a problem too. That yeah, there uh, there is no foreign po- policy victory that this administration can point to. I mean, the the recent Chinese balloon fiasco, the uh, dumping of billions of dollars of military equipment in Afghanistan when you lied to our allies and and uh, pulled the military out in the middle of the night, literally. I mean, nothing has been done about the situation in Syria. We still have U.S. U.S. military troops in bases in Syria. I still can't get over this, Tara. And nobody in this country seems to be the least bit interested in this. We have military 
personnel stationed in Syria. The Syrian government didn't ask us to be there. They don't want us there. They don't need us there. And we and, still and the, have a base, military personnel, and supply lines obviously coming in because you got to support the troops with ammunition and food. And we've got military personnel in Syria. But we pulled out of Afghanistan. Yes. Probably the only place we should actually be because yeah. that's where the terrorists are or where they were. Now, apparently, they're just streaming over the border. Right. Uh, the people on the FBI. Yeah, there is that Washington. border thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, also can go into the foreign policy file folder there, too. I mean, at this point, to me, if, if you're going to let Chinese balloons fly into our territory that, that are armed with explosives, as we learned in the last 24 hours, and you are going to let people on the terror watch list just walk in here unimpeded because you're so busy processing the future voters, and that's your goal. That's, your, that's what you're doing. Um, and, you, you know, your own estimates are that 150 people from the terror watch list will cross the border by the end of the year. That's the Department of Homeland Security. That wasn't supposed to be released, by the way. They leaked it. Somebody in, There's some patriot inside the Department of Homeland Security still thinks we should have Homeland Security, a radical position for people who work at the Department of Homeland Security. I mean, when you're at that point, honestly, does it does it matter if we have a military? W- what are we going to defend exactly? Is, is it just is the military just for foreign incursions? Because, I mean, at, we are getting to the point where it has become politically incorrect to defend the homeland. I mean, that's where we are. These statements by that NORAD general are are shocking. And I mean, nonsense, I mean, jaw-dropping. I mean, the Biden administration has gone for from, in the last 48 hours, oh, hey, we didn't have a good shot to shoot down, um, you know, the, the, the balloon over the Aleutian Islands, darn it, gosh darn, to, oh, actually, no, we chose not to shoot it down. Wait, what? General Van Herc, I think this is the biggest news today, said, well... I didn't shoot it down because it was my assessment that this balloon did not present a physical military threat to North America. This is under my NORAD hat. Therefore, I could not take immediate action because it was not demonstrating hostile um, act or hostile intent. He then, completely unironically, with a complete and total lack of self-awareness, adds that the balloon was up to 200 feet tall with a payload the size of a jetliner It weighed in excess of a couple thousand pounds and, quote, potentially carried explosives to detonate and destroy the balloon. When our enemies hear that, Lee, Russia, North Korea, whoever, terrorists from Afghanistan, where they are regrouping to train and all to come back over our border and kill us, when they hear that, I mean, do you hear what I hear? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, so I can send a 200-foot-tall balloon with a payload the size of a jetliner over America? Cool. That means I don't have to hijack a plane. I mean, this, that is your way to say this? Are they trying? Terrorists want it. Hear the Terror Show weekday mornings on 106.3 WORD and the Odyssey app.